As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Good evening. Well, I should say good whatever it is to you. I have no idea what time of day you're listening to this. This is recorded live, but you're not necessarily listening to it live because you're listening to it at your convenience. So let me just say what Jim Carrey says, and that is good morning, afternoon, evening, right? Um, good morning, good evening, and good night. Uh, so... It may seem like I planned that, and I don't think that was hilarious, but it sounds like I planned it. I actually didn't, um, you know, like including the Jim Carrey. Uh, I like him, and he's always on my mind subconsciously, and I want to have sex. No, I'm not attracted to uh, males, but I am asexually attracted to Jim Carrey, if that makes sense. Um, I've, I've always been asexually Attracted to my favorite male comedians. I am sexually attracted to uh, Sarah Silverman, and I also happen to find her humorous. Uh, tweets crack me. I'm just gonna. There's no like outline for this show today. I'm just gonna talk, guys. Um, Sarah Silverman, uh, she uh, her tweets. I used to read some of her tweets. I, I don't. Okay, I'll say this. She tweeted something like, uh, something about the stench of her orthotics. And I find it so funny because I know she's not even trying to be funny. She's just telling the truth, which makes it even more ridiculous and absurd. Because I guess that's what comics do is like, a lot of times we'll just expose like unnecessary and embarrassing truths. And it's so ridiculous <clears throat> that it comes across with a nice little tap on the funny bone. Um, so, interesting stuff. I, I, sometimes, if you've seen the movie Funny, it's not always that way, right? But but sometimes these guys are just literally on stage, and the audience has no idea, because it's believable, right? Because it's one, the truth, but two, it's so absurd that the audience thinks that these people are like making stuff up and that they're geniuses, but really... You know, when Sarah Silverman talks about the stench of her used orthotics, I know she's not making stuff up. And I, I still find her attractive. I don't necessarily find the, the, the fragrance of used orthotics sexy, but her and her humor outshines that little bit of unattractiveness that is revealed with stinky orthotics. So, <clears throat> she's getting older um, now. And her comedy is uh, evolving into kind of, um, she's very opinionated on uh, certain big topics. So I'll, I'll, rather than saying what I don't like about people, I'll just say what I do, right? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. So I like Sarah Silverman's orthotic jokes. Um, I hope that everyone has been, I hope uh, everyone has been doing well. Uh, since we last connected here, maybe just a couple days ago, I recorded that episode with Austin Huff and then I didn't get a chance to edit it for like a couple of weeks actually. So um, that one was past due. I think the opening to that, I was listening to the before I introduced Austin and like I took way too long 
to introduce him. I don't know what in the heaven I was thinking, but nevertheless, I am really happy to be here. A lot, a lot's actually happened over the last couple weeks slash months. Uh, I moved to a new location, so you're not going to hear any background Times Square noise anymore. Now you're, I'm bringing this podcast to you from Wall Street. Actually, I'm down in the financial district. Um, definitely. Not a big comedy scene down here. I'm gonna change that. Um, you know, I guess I guess finance isn't funny, um, but I, I do want to start a show down here. I've been scoping out a couple places. I have a couple places in mind for an open mic and then like a monthly uh, book show. So I'm gonna bring some humor to uh, to Wall Street. It's so funny that like I started doing this podcast right now. I came back to Wall Street from a show that I did tonight, and then. The Wolf of Wall Street is on, so I've got that playing in the background. Uh, right now, it's the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is basically like laying with his legs on the ground, and, and he's like huddled over in his white Lambo. So <clears throat> it's entertaining. It's an entertaining flick. Um, I recommend it if. Any of you have not seen The Wolf of Wall Street, I personally don't want to model myself after the character that he plays, but uh, I will say it's definitely an entertaining flick. Um, yeah, you know, it's too bad he lost his wife, you know? I mean, she was a freaking 11 out of 10. Um, but I think uh, maybe there's a lesson there, right? If you live kind of that kind of life you might you might lose that you might lose uh kind of what's actually most valuable um yeah this is such a hilarious podcast so far isn't it um really getting deep there um what do you value most guys is really what i'm trying to get at do you do you value having lots of money in a really nice estate and uh an 11 out of 10 trophy wife physically flawless that will leave you the minute you uh, <laughs> get in trouble um, because the entire relationship is superficial or do you want something more substantial? Hopefully, I, I will say, I don't know. I mean, I think it's based on a true story. I'm, I'm hoping that his wife wasn't as superficial as I just made her out to be. I think the movie shows that he kind of deserved it as I was alluding to earlier just based on you know, I mean, he was cheating on her and all this crazy stuff all the time and just having late nights and just living a really irresponsible life. You know, he had so much money, I guess nothing really, he didn't really have the normal bumpers in life that we all do that hold us accountable, um, you know, so, um, interesting stuff nevertheless though. Think about what you value most in life. If I'm going to leave you with something positive and deep, uh, that's what I want everyone to take away from this podcast today. And that is, once again, what is it that you value most, right? Some people only value money. Um, some people live or work right around me that only value money. I'm not, I don't think that everyone that works on Wall Street is only values money or is evil or something like that. In fact, I, I absolutely don't think that all at all um, I think uh, you can value money and still value other things that uh, matter and, and have um, you know keep you grounded and things like that um, but um, 
Yeah, it's 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 interesting stuff, right? Didn't one of the Buddhas become Buddha by giving up his his fortune and making himself like um, very poor, and just giving giving all of his money away? I'm um, pretty sure that's where the first uh, the Thai Buddha, the Indian Buddha, um, became the Buddha that he was. Right? He, he uh, willingly gave up all of his money um, and started to serve. The, the the greater good. So, you know, it's it's definitely interesting stuff. I I'm happy to be down here. It's uh, I feel like Wall Street or Lower Manhattan. They call it FIDI, which is short for Financial District. It's an acronym, right? Um, and when I first heard FIDI, I thought it was like a fashion term or something, or like a fashion school. Uh, but anywho, um, I do like it down here. I feel like when when you're a kid and you think about what New York is, and you have this like very exciting, like built up envisionment of it in your mind. I think of Wall Street and, and Lower Manhattan match that the most. It's aside from it not being too busy, but I see that as a great thing at this point in life because I, I like less riffraff and, and quiet, you know, getting out of Times Square. I, every single night when I slept there, I, I, my subconscious mind was just sapping up random stimulus that would. I could hear outside my apartment. You learn to just tune it out, but I mean, who know? I mean, I heard everything under the sun out there. Um, you know, people fighting, you know, girls screaming, just like everyone screaming. That that kind of comes off a little weird. Let me, I don't know. I mean, just random noises, like confrontational stuff, happy stuff, people partying. I mean, literally just. Too much to too much for the mind to even absorb, in my opinion. You almost have to compartmentalize it um, in your own mind, uh, which I did by shutting it off completely after a while. Otherwise, you would go crazy listening to all that stuff. Maybe I am crazy now, guys. Look, I mean, actually, I think all comedians are crazy. I was telling that to somebody today. Um, I think you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to be a comedian. Um, because of some of the things I was talking about with Sarah Silverman, um, normal, and when I say normal, I say that the majority of the uh, human population doesn't just not have a filter. Um, not to say that every comedian never has a filter. Um, I, I do have a, the ability to turn my filter on and off, but you know, it's like your mind is a faucet of thoughts and reactions to stimuli and things like that and literally comedians just remove that filter for the most part and just kind of speak their mind uh, subconscious you know everything that's one of the reasons why when you see a comedian say something that's really embarrassing and it's hilarious like you know I've got like a gigantic freckle right in the center of my nutsack you know like that's such a weird thing like is that true maybe you guys will never know um and, and frankly, it's just unnecessary potential honesty from your perspective. And that's what's funny. Like, maybe you have a gigantic freckle in the middle of your knutsack that you're embarrassed about. And when I say that, it's liberating for you and it makes you feel less, like, embarrassed about it, right? Um, so, uh, it's kind of crazy if I do have a gigantic freckle in the middle of my knutsack to just tell you that and to tell the world that really I mean anyone could be listening to this so to say that is kind of crazy or absurd um, but I think recognizing that that's crazy makes me like not crazy 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like if someone is self-aware that he is crazy, then technically they're just aware, right? And and half the battle of anything is is admitting something, right? So, uh, yeah, just kind of talking about that. Um, did everybody enjoy St. Patty's? Uh, St. Patrick's was on Friday and part Irish. Probably talked about that before. I think I'm 13% Irish or something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ireland's one of my favorite places. Um, you know, I drank, uh, went out with one of my buddies. You've met him before, Brian. Uh, he was on this podcast in the, in the past. In fact, we even talked about, uh, the girls. I think he was asking me if I, uh, um, still interact with, uh, with Brittany and the answer is yes yeah she's a friend she's cool um we we she wants to come to one of my comedy shows um still so we'll uh, we'll make that happen you know and uh him and I we had a good time we went out we, we had a couple of drinks got out early got home early I actually <laughs> we did something very unique and, and I don't think anybody outside of New York is gonna get this I'm already starting to become such a New Yorker that like I'm just doing New York humor so let me explain um, and I won't just do New York humor but we <clears throat> we met up had some beers in Midtown you know watched the KU game he went to KU right I uh, I, I have plenty of friends that are KU fans uh, I'm obviously diehard Mizzou but uh, you know I uh, I appreciate I appreciate um, the rivalry and I also appreciate human beings right so, um, you know, I, uh, I let him have his victory, um, and, and didn't give him too much, uh, trouble. Um, I, I, I guess one of the reasons that I'm becoming, one of the reasons I hate KU less, right? Let's put it that way. One of the reasons I've been, uh, hating KU less lately is I found out that if you really date it back to the times of the, the original rivalry back in the 1800s, Kansas was a free state. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. Missouri was a slave state. So it actually makes me hate KU less because I actually am on the side of, of freedom, you know, and um, anti-slavery. So uh, I do, I do, I like KU for that reason. Um, anyway, though, um, March Madness is going on. So, you know, we enjoyed that. And then we... We went out, and this is the part that I was trying to get at that's a little um, obscure. Instead of going out downtown where all the action is... By the way, there's a new app called Loop now. I know I'm, like, all over the place, but L-O-O-P. We met these guys advertising, or, like, out on the streets trying to create awareness with this app called Loop. And I'm giving them free advertising right now, A, because I like this. The dude was really cool to talk to us for a while. His name is Daniel something... Um, but he tells us about this app named Loop, and it shows you in real time foot traffic at different bars throughout the city. So you can actually see which bars are most active without having a buddy that's got to come here. It's great. You can actually see. It's almost like a thermometer, um, and there's different ratings, like not active, like some people, middle amount of people, 75% or 100 you know, like this place is hot type thing. So, shout out to Loop. I think that's really... I told them as soon as they can figure out how to measure ratios, that thing will take off like wildfire. Somehow they got to be able to tell you what kind of ratios are at the bars. And by that, for those that don't understand what I mean, ratio of women to men, 
right? So um, if those places are hot and the ratio is high, then it's either a lesbian bar or it's like the bar where you got to be at. Not that you shouldn't go to lesbian bars. I just know that uh, I haven't had much luck at lesbian bars personally, right? In fact, when I was living in L.A., uh, I remember me and my buddy Paul were walking down West Hollywood, right? We didn't even know it was the uh, homosexual uh, mecca, right? So me and my buddy Paul are walking through and we're trying to like just, we're just like looking in windows and if a place looks cool, we're going to go in. And I literally, we look in this window and there's, the entire bar is filled with women. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like that is, something's wrong. Like that is heaven right there. Like there's no way that's real. Like I'm, I'm seeing it with my eyes and I'm not blaming it. Something is too good to be true here. So um, there was a girl like smoking a cigarette outside and I was like, what's the deal? Like what's up with all these hot chicks in here? And she's like, oh, it's a lesbian bar. I'm like, oh, shoot. I was like, dang, well, do you know where any bars are within walking distance where it's like, you know, like heterosexual women hang out? And uh, she's like, yeah, just down the street. She named the place and everything. And we're like, oh, that's so cool. Thank you so much. So me and my buddy Paul were like excited. We're like, yes, you know, people are cool. They're nice. We got, we got what we needed. Just a little bit of guidance. Um, we're on our way. So we go to this bar that she recommends. As soon as we walk in, it's like strobe lights and just like, there's some dude like dancing like he's some kind of a weird contortionist. And it's all guys in this bar, zero women. And I felt like these dudes were look, staring through my soul. Some of them were, right? Like I felt like I was like in the movie Blade and the vampires were just like staring at the fresh meat for the first time. <laughs> and uh, me and Paul look at each other, we're like, uh, this is definitely a gay bar. So let me clarify something. I'm not putting down gay people saying gay people are vampires. Um, I'm absolutely 100% not saying that. My brother's gay. I am 180,000% supportive and on board for, for, for um, you know, the, the LGBT community having, having all the, the equal rights that human beings should have. We're all humans, right? Um, and, uh, nevertheless, so it was hilarious. And I do think that being hit on by gay guys when I was living in LA and it's happened since, I think I told you guys that I, I went on a accidental date with a gay guy once, but being hit on by gay dudes teaches you what it feels like the other way around. Right. So like it almost puts you, it puts me as a heterosexual man in women's shoes when gay dudes hit on me and I remember feeling objectified by by guys before like I remember you know like when I was working out at, at one of the gyms when I first moved out there the dude at the front desk like remembered my name the second time I came back it was like two weeks after my first time you know like first time I went in there he seemed like a normal dude he's like oh my great great to see you whatever I show up that next time, like two weeks later, he's working. He's like, hey, Mike, great to see you again. And I'm like, holy, that is a little scary. You know, like we didn't have like some long conversation that first time. It was just a quick, what's up, man? How you doing? And then how in the hell did you remember my name? Right? Like it just, it was, we didn't have enough of a bond for that to stick. Right? And I, 
I know some people are good with names, but just trust me that it was weird. Um, and I could tell he was kind of like, you could tell he was a little, he wasn't, he wasn't going to show that he was nervous every time I saw him from that point forward, because he would like play it cool, <laughs> but you could tell he was, he was fronting his nervousness, right? So he would act nonchalant, um, like he was like non-phased by my presence, but he would, he would, you, you, you could tell it was a facade for the fact that I think the dude was attracted to me. Um, and, and he even offered, he's like, man, uh, we should, we should grab a drink sometime. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't like, are, do you want to be my bro? Like uh, a buddy or like, that's not what, but that's not what bros say to each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know me well enough to just to say, let's grab a drink sometime. Like that's too random. There has to be a reason, right? Like if I meet a, a dude that I think is cool, that I'm like, you know, this would be a good bro. Like, I don't think I would immediate, like, let's grab a, I don't know, I guess, any, anyway, you could tell the dude, like, was, was hitting on me in, in the way that he asked, uh, and I, I was polite in my rejection, you know, I was kind of like, uh, ah, thanks, man, yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind or something, you know, <laughs> the way chicks, like, don't actually, actually, like, it's, it's hard to just reject somebody, I guess, you know? And I've, I've talked about it before that it's important to be honest. I think it's important to have tact with your honesty as well, right? So it's not just about being honest, but it's... Honesty is, is, is really important, but, but tactful honesty, I think, is, is, is kind of respectful in, in anything in life. Um, but nevertheless, him and I did not get together for a drink, damn it. Um, and uh, I've also been in situations where dudes have been like... Uh, you, you, I knew they were gay and they would hit on me respectfully, right? And I was like, you know what? If I was, if I was a, like, if I was gay or if I was a chick, like, this would, this is, you know, like, you're not being repulsive right now. You know what I'm saying? You're not making it all about you. You're not being a, a dick about it or, like, um, you know, kind of like making me uncomfortable and, and all this stuff. Like I, you're being a human being, right? Like you're, you're coming at this from uh, the perspective of a human being that like sees me as a person, right? Um, so through that, through those experiences, I've learned and refined my way of approaching the opposite sex. And, you know, when I get drunk, I'm not always as tactful or as, as probably presentable in a way that I am proud of, but, um, I do try to, to incorporate that, you know, because, you know, it's, it's important to be respectful, to treat the other person as a human. And, and, uh, I think most girls, there's some girls out there that, that sure, you know, they're attracted to, you know, alpha male, dickhead, whatever. But I've found that the majority of girls actually really, they just like to be treated. They're, they're cool, you know, just be real with them and just, you know, be honest, be tactful still, you know, don't be on, don't be unnecessarily honest. Like, Hey, uh, did you forget to shave your armpits? I mean, obviously that's, that's kind of, you know, if they have a little bit of stubble or whatever, uh, that's, that's really rude. You know what I mean? That's unnecessary honesty. So don't be honest in that way. But if she says, can you tell I didn't shave my armpits? I mean, in that case, be honest, but tactful say, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I can tell, but, um, you know, um, 
Uh, I'm sure you'll shave next time you get a chance. I don't know, right? Depends if she's from France or if she just is practicing not shaving her armpits um, for whatever reason. We live in a we live in a weird time, guys, where uh, you almost have to be careful about everything you say. But I don't. I'm tired of being careful. Um, just yeah, just keep it real, right? Whatever. Uh, yeah, so so we went out that night. This I'm gonna go back to my original point that I started this podcast with, which was um, me and my buddy did something different on St. Patrick's Day. So instead of going where all the hot bars were downtown after the Kansas game, we actually ended up going to. I was like, you know, let's go where the milfs are, right? Let's go where the older, like 35, 45, Sex in the City women hang out which is the upper west side which is so random especially on st patrick's day because like you know cougars aren't necessarily even gonna be out on st patrick's day like usually cougars and milfs probably aren't out pounding shots on st patty's you know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean if they are that's my mind is being um expanded through that through that knowledge um but uh, we did go up there uh, interacted with a couple ladies, you know. Um, I don't think that they were single, but they were they were cool and responsive. Um, interacted with a couple others, and then my buddy uh, uh, met a lady that he uh, was interacting with, and kind of I guess they were hitting it off. So, you know, I didn't want to, you know, interrupt from that point. I mean, he seemed like uh, they were having a good time, so I just. I, I was like, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna head back home. So I actually got back on the subway early, set like eleven o'clock. You know, we started early. I was like, yes, I'm gonna get a good night of sleep. That's how, that's how, that's the sign of me being thirty years old now is that I'm like excited to go home early because I know I'm not gonna waste the next three days recovering. Right. So uh, I did get on the subway and I actually met a lady on the subway and started talking to her and uh, convinced her to get off at my stop um, on the way home. And she was cool. She's a writer. She writes erotic fiction, actually. And I was like, wow, this is like the perfect premise for your next book. Um, and she's like, yeah. Uh, I was like, well, so far, like, if you're, if you're writing a story, has what happened thus far you know what would you change in a in a in a in a story up until this point to set up? She's like honestly, it's 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 a really good uh, premise. I mean, she's like at some point there has to be some kind of a conflict or like, you know, like me saying oh I gotta go I can't continue to hang out or whatever, and then me like somehow convincing her that that's a bad idea and she can't resist or whatever. So we kind of talked and, and played around with that concept. Um, but she's cool. Uh, she did resist. <laughs> uh, and she did head home um, later that night um, after we uh, we did get off at my stop and we grabbed a drink right at, at a local uh, establishment on St. Patrick's Day. So she, you know, we, had, we, we enjoyed one another's company and, uh, you know, um, we'll, uh, we'll continue to kind of, the burner's warm, you know, the burner is warm. We'll... Uh, I'm stirring the pot. We'll see. Uh, you know, I'm continuing to to monitor that one. Um, but she's cool. You know, so um, 
Yeah, St. Patrick's. My, uh, I started a, another class at UCB today, Improv 201, and I also had my 101 performance as a group. It went really well. Um, was really proud of my classmates. They honestly did awesome. I felt like I had a like an average performance, right? Like I didn't think I did anything spectacular, which happens, right? It's just part of performing in general. When you do it, you know, not everyone's just going to be a... You're not going to hit a grand slam every single time. And I felt like the group actually, as a group, we hit a grand slam. And I was really proud and impressed. And a lot of the individuals as well did, did fantastic. I felt like like they really incorporated what we had been learning in class. And it was, it was really fun to see that. It was a fun performance at UCB. It was, it was a lot better than I... It was better than I thought it would be. And it was more fun than I thought it would be. It was more legit than I thought it would be. So... Yeah, it was really cool. It makes me excited about the, the next UCB performance that I'll have at the end of this 201 class. And um, Speaking of St. Patrick's, my teacher's name this time around is Patrick. He seems pretty cool. He looks like one of those dudes on SNL. I forget his name. In fact, I think it's secretly his twin brother. I, I'm. You guys don't have enough context really to know that I'm joking there, but he does look just like one of the, the cast member, members from SNL. Um, a couple weeks in with my sketch class now. Um, it's wonderful that the, the printer that I own went just like pooped out on me right as I started taking sketch writing classes, which is like the only time I've actually really truly needed a printer in New York. Uh, I bought ink for my printer um, and then it pooped out right after. It's like the best, that's like buying gas for your car and then the car engine pooping out right after you fill your tank you know it's like come on couldn't it couldn't it have died just a little bit before this like this is why did I have to buy that ink anyway um the sketch writing class is going good I wrote a sketch about uh like a guy kind of like a version of myself on a date uh and and homeless people keep asking him for money right and he's like it's hard to resist, so he just keeps giving them what they ask for, and it just it get, you know starts off with money, and then it starts off with like food and a drink, and and then the next guy's like, you know, uh, your jacket looks really warm. Can I have it? And I'm like, uh, no. Well, I guess so. Sure. Right. So that that's kind of like the fun idea of the sketch, uh, a version of myself, um, kind of not being able to say no, and then wanting to wanting to help right it's kind of like in, in with good intentions and in the dates like what the hell is wrong with you um you know it's so like you're you're insane you should you should have limits on on your charity work here and i'm like now uh anyway fast forward to the end of the scene where we're in the in the restaurant having um dinner and the bill comes and she's like oh this is such a great restaurant thank you so much and I'm like, actually, you know, I'm, I'm all out of cash. Would you mind spotting me this time around? So, you know, it's kind of a, it's fun. Next week we get to write a commercial parody. Uh, you know, you know, maybe I'll write Smitch, Schmitz Gay too, right? Um, anyway, what else did I want to talk about? I'm really loving the building here. I'm getting back in shape now because there's a gym. So, like, working out a bunch. Um... You know, I've got, man, I, just life is just so much better in this building. You know, I've got an actual laundry unit in my unit. So, uh, you know, like I used to have to spend like an entire day of my life just doing laundry down in the, 
the fi- the basement of my five floor walk up, which is really six stories because the basement was one below there. And uh, you know, so miserable doing that for the last two years living in New York. But that's part of the struggle, you know, and that, that we all have to do. And I'm kind of slowly slaloming, slaloming my way um, up. Um, and trying to uh, continue to grind, right? It's a 24-7 grind out here. I don't have a, a wife and kids or a family, so when I'm not working to feed my face on my day career where I help um, healthcare uh, at night, I, I help healthcare by giving the best medicine of all, which is laughter, and I do it. Uh, it's like the rest of my time is just spent on all that stuff, so like... Instead of a family, my mistress is comedy, right? My, my girlfriend is entertainment and, and, and comedy and the pursuit of that and the effort of that. So that's where I put all my time. Um, laying one brick at a time, guys. Um, and, you know, enjoying the, enjoying the process, enjoying the grind, enjoying the people, the faces that come in and out of my life and the ones that stay uh, in the world of comedy and, you know, just audience people. People that enjoy the shows, some people don't. You know, some of the comedians that that are hilarious that I find, uh, uh, you know, the, the the type of people I want to associate with. Um, it's all it's all it's all part of the journey, right? I guess that's one of the things I value in life. Going back to the theme of this one that I mentioned earlier, is I value entertaining people. I value I value the the experience of pursuing this dream. Right? I mean, ultimately, we all decide, we all make the choices of the things that we want to do in life. Um, and the decisions, you know, lead you to kind of where you are and where you're going. So, um, yeah, I've, I've made the decision several times that have led me down this path and brought me to where I am. And, uh, God willing, I've uh, been able to uh, pursue my dreams and see some. See a couple uh, spots of gold here and there. You know, it's like I'm panning for gold, and every once in a while I get a little, uh, little tiny baby nugget. You know, uh, over the course of time, you add those little gold specks up, and maybe you have something, right? So I'm still on the, I'm still on the grind to refining my act and stand up, but I am happy with the progress. I think it is. When I moved to New York, I wanted my stuff to become more universal, uh, cleaner. Um, if and when possible, right? I'm not just gonna ever stop just being dirty because appro- done appropriately, dirty is hilarious. Uh, but I really wanted to kind of grow as a comedian, make more connections, get better at stand-up, and really, you know, like I said, be more universal, really find my voice, and I feel like I'm doing that through these podcasts, through through my, my stand-up when I'm on stage, through, through UCB and some of the writing that I'm doing there. Like, all these things are kind of like solidifying or my, I find my voice like coagulating, right? And part of that is even having uh, awareness and opinions on certain things. Um, you know, I've talked about that even last week with Huff. Um, but, you know, just being aware of stuff, I guess, uh, helps um, formulate formulate how I feel about things. Um, anyway... Oh, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. It's been a long weekend. Uh, I'm probably going to rub one out and uh, call it a night. So thanks for listening. Um, Chat next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way.
who's horny. <laughs> <laughs>